right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie Beast, presented by CarParts.com. We thank him for it. So, man, I am fired up, bro. I went to SEMA, had a big splash with the wide body. We'll chat about that in a future podcast. But one of the other noises in and around the whole convention was what our buddy Mike Copeland is doing at Arrington Performance. What do you know about hydrogen? Because I've been I've been to Bonneville before. I've witnessed the the guys trying to break land speed records, pouring you know five gallon buckets of ice water into this massive tank, this massive membrane. There was the whole rear section of the car. Watching these guys, you know, get a lot of mile per hour and speed, but efficiency, how you harvest it, all that stuff is kind of crazy. Hydrogen's uh, basic unknown for a lot of people. It's a whole nother. You know, when E85 came in years ago. Right, that was like, what is this corn stuff, you know? And uh, it took a little while for people to pick up on the, you know, the octane benefit, oh, the E85. cooling benefit. And, yeah, every racer has E85 somewhere, you know, yeah. one vehicle or another, or all of them. Uh, but hydrogen, that's just a whole nother thing, right? That's something that very few people tap into, uh, you know, aside from maybe the OEs trying to do some green type of, you know, fleet vehicles or something like that. So, man, I'm I'm pretty excited. You got to see it firsthand. I only got to get clips of it on Facebook and internet. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to tap into you and our guest today to really fill us in on some of these details. Well, you know what? I just, I heard about it and I, I talked to him previously and I was like really excited about what he was building. And then I was like, all right, I'm really excited about, you know, the fact that he's, he's bringing hydrogen in a different way and a different source, you know, cause most of the time you hear hydrogen, it's a, it's a fuel cell, right? Well, this is actually burning Hydrogen, for those that don't know, hydrogen, you know, we harvest hydrogen from natural gas. And there's a, a lot of back and forth about whether or not that process alone and that harvesting, it uses a lot of energy. So is it really green? That's a big, you know, kind of back and forth that they're trying to navigate and figure out. But what, what Mike has done, you know, with with this version and this application is unlike anything that we've seen before. It truly is a unique application of hydrogen burning inside the combustion chamber, which I'm like, wait, it's not a fuel cell? You know, it's so it's really surprising and a, and a real new innovation uh, to the industry. So I'm really excited to bring him on and just kind of pick his brain about what the process there is and, and what he feels like the future is. Because, you know, Mike's had his hands in all kinds of crazy, you know, builds, concepts, uh, and history, you know, evolving stuff throughout the years. So I'm sure this is going to do something. Well, what do hot rodders do? They try to leverage anything they possibly can to go faster, to go cooler, to go whatever, to go different. 
uh, right? Just like we've done with all sorts of fuels, nitro, alcohol, you know, we talked about E85, hydrogen's sitting there, so why not go out and play with it a little bit? So uh, I think for anybody that's that's never done it, which is probably just about anybody on this podcast, uh, this could be a cool little learning trip on, you know, how does it work? What can you do with it? Where can I get some? Do I want to try it out on my vehicle? Right. And why do they pour buckets of ice water into the the Bonneville race cars? It's so weird. <laughs> um, uh, maybe I can ask him that, you know, before we get deep into it. But grab your number two pencil, grab a pen, grab something to take some notes on. Because this, this is going to be exciting, y'all. Hydrogen. And not just what you're thinking about a fuel cell, but hydrogen burning like a like a gas engine burns. Like, and the only thing coming out of the the exhaust is a, a little bit, a very 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 little bit of NOx, I imagine, and and water. Yeah, yeah I, water I vapor. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. We're gonna talk to him. Take a hot shower yeah, out of that thing right after <laughs> the break. It's the Two Guys Garage podcast. We're back in just a minute. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He's Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. It's presented by CarParts.com. Hey, man, hit up that CarParts.com slash Two Guys Garage. Get you a little discount on parts. We're all needing parts. Every one of us listening to this podcast needs parts. So check them and grab them, CarParts.com. Boy, I'm fired up about the day, Bird. Fired up. Yeah, man. Just back from SEMA, and I cannot be more jealous. Man. Yeah, man. All right, give me the quickie. Give me the quickie. Was it just awesome? I know it was probably a little bit downsized from previous years, but did it still just ring your bell? You know, that, it's funny because that's what everybody was saying. It, it it was downsized. You can't argue that. But it was almost better because the people that were there were all business. Everybody that had a booth seemed like their booth was, you know, just filled with people that were serious about their parts and serious about their components. Um, and and the, the few booths that you would notice – you know, we're filled with places that you could actually sit down and grab a, a burrito and eat. So it was really nice, but still, you couldn't see it in a week if you walked every aisle every day. Well, that's that's exactly right, man. It, you know, sometimes quality over quantity is the way to go. And uh, you just kind of mentioned it, like for anybody who hasn't been to SEMA, it is so big, you know, with the four days that you got, you can't see, but, you know, 25% of yeah. it. Yeah. So it almost doesn't matter how big and crazy it is because you're not going to see it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So thin it out a little yeah. bit. Make some room. I got to do some sprints. I got to go down the aisles, man. I got to I got to put a jog on if I'm going <laughs> to see as much things as I want, hey, you know? Uh, one thing you couldn't help but to see was all the attention on our buddy Mike Copeland's booth. He had this red line booth and he built this really cool looking truck, but it was powered by something you're you're used to and comfortable seeing in an old, you know, rotted out, cool looking truck. However, his was completely different. Mike, welcome to the podcast. It's awesome to have you on. And boy, did you make a splash at SEMA. Congratulations. Well, thank you. How are you guys doing today? 
Oh, I'm doing great, man. Mike, Mike, we've had Mike on before. He's the president, the CEO. He's the man of Arrington Performance. Uh, we've done a lot of TV fun with him, and he's always he's always pushing the envelope, man. And it's really cool. You took the time to talk to us about this. Well, do you call it a creation? What what spawned the idea of going back to hydrogen? Well, you know, for hydrogen is used today in fuel cell vehicles, and and a fuel cell is where you actually have a membrane. You inject the hydrogen into the membrane and, and burn it there. As it burns inside this membrane, it generates electricity. That electricity is then taken from the membrane and put into a battery pack, and they use that to run electric motors. So it's, it's kind of a way of having a, an electric vehicle that charges itself. Okay? And, and fuel cells, God, we worked on them at GM when I was there years ago, right? And, and uh, there's some... some pretty cool opportunities for that to power homes and do a lot of other things. But that's not what we did. Our, our process, we physically burn hydrogen in the combustion chamber in the cylinder of an internal combustion engine. So that's been done, been attempted a number of times in the past, but nobody's ever successfully brought it to market. And uh, that's our goal. What what have been the hurdles? What what have been the the holdups that have kept people from from making it an efficient source of power? Well, hydrogen availability is an issue, right? So, um, fortunately, and, and because of the fuel cell vehicles in California, they currently have about forty seven stations that sell hydrogen, and Shell is in the process of building forty more. So now you'll have almost a hundred hydrogen filling stations in California alone. Um, the, the hydrogen I've been using here in Michigan, I get from welding supply houses. They actually have tanks that they fill with hydrogen and, and we've been using those to run ours. So, um, you know, hydrogen, like everything has changed a lot recently. It, you can get hydrogen off of natural gas. You can manufacture it a few other ways. Today, they have what they call green hydrogen. And green hydrogen is manufactured with zero carbon footprint. So they use solar to power as they convert uh, salt water or just hard water into hydrogen. And uh, they do that. So they create it with zero carbon footprint. And our truck and our packages that we'll have uh, take that hydrogen. They can use dirty hydrogen, what we call dirty hydrogen more made traditional ways, or it can use this new clean hydrogen. The end result, the hydrogen is exactly the same. And we burn it in an internal combustion engine, and there's virtually zero emissions. So we get a little bit of N2O and water out of the tailpipes, and that's about it. Talk about a flip-flop, you know, for hot rodding, where we go around with big blocks and blowers and enrich the heck out of our motors and just throw black smoke out the back and you know, create as much possible CO2 and hydrocarbons and everything. And here you are uh, flipping the script, turning it into, a, you know, kind of a zero, almost zero emissions type of thing, or at least a carbon neutral, which is huge these days, right? And uh, you mentioned the availability yeah. of, of hydrogen, uh, you know, and right now you said, you know, California, but, um, you know, a lot of the OEs are still working on fuel cells and, and maybe not for, for passenger cars for us, but I, I think there's still a huge space for fuel cell within within the industry, uh, whether it's fleet vehicles and whatever else, 
uh, especially if they have a central depot where they can all come in, fuel up nice and easy, you know, send them out during the day, real clean, uh, real efficient. Uh, but I imagine that's got to, you know, proliferate into more and more easy access of hydrogen going forward. Yeah, that's absolutely the case. I've talked to uh, uh, a couple of the big oil companies and, uh, you know, Redline's owned by Phillips 66. So I've obviously had a lot of conversation with them about it. Um, you know, they have roughly 2,700 fueling stations across the U.S. And hydrogen could realistically be added to every one of those. I received a call after we debuted it from one of the U.S. senators, and uh, he asked me how he could help get hydrogen available across the United States. Wow. So tell us how it works, man. Give us some secrets. Yeah. <laughs> how, do, how, how would we go about doing said <laughs> hydrogen thing and this engine thing and burning it thing? Yeah, well, you just got to wait a little bit. And, uh, and if everything keeps on the path it's on, we'll be offering uh, retrofit kits to convert internal combustion engines to run on hydrogen. So, um, the, the, oh, nice. yeah, and, and our truck is a development piece, right? So we built that with some extra capability, some extra components, you know, stronger components, those kinds of things. But hydrogen can run uh, in virtually any internal combustion engine. How do, how do you store it? Uh, in a tank. We have a our tank uh, holds 2.54 kilograms of hydrogen. It's sold by the kilogram. And uh, we store it in that tank. We're at 350 bar. So that's like uh, five 5,075 PSI. And then as you deplete the, tank, the, the hydrogen from the tank, the pressure drops. And uh, we regulate it at the fuel rail. And uh, so we have a regulator up in the front. We fill, feed it through the vehicle at that 5,075 pounds, and then we drop it down. So that means it's at a, as a gas. So you store it as yeah. a gas? Yeah, we use it as a gas. No liquid at all. So Right. Yeah, because so, liquid, it would have to be super cold. So yeah. you, you store it at, at that PSI. You inject it from the, the, the fuel rails at that PSI? No. We, run, we have a regulator in the engine compartment where we're currently at, at 7 bar, which is just over 100 PSI. And uh, we regulate it down to 100 PSI. We have 16 fuel injectors. And the reason we have 16 is because they, they're all experimental. And they just never envisioned anyone did building 500 horsepower supercharged LS on hydrogen. So <laughs> all the injectors are small. So we're running 16 of them to, uh, to get enough volume to, to make those kind of power levels. Now, what's the air-fuel ratio for hydrogen? Because, you know, we're all familiar with gasoline, you know, 14x to 1 and uh, E85 and things like that. So what's the hydrogen ratio? Well, we're still identifying the perfect ratio, and I'd rather not share that yet. So, but uh, it is obviously Proprietary, much proprietary. Different. Yeah, it is pat much pitting, different. Pat so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were, we were actually tuning on the truck today, so we were here changing calibrations and changing, obviously, injector pulse widths and all those things. So it was a big partnership with Magnuson. Ex explain how that all came to fruition, because this is a really cool, like you imagine, this is what happens, like, you know, all the phone calls and the back and forth and the, the green lights and red lights, 
in those times when you, you're making big leaps and bounds, when you got something so different but so promising, uh, it's got to be exciting for you. Oh, very exciting. So uh, my from the hydrogen conversion and that kind of stuff, I've partnered with Bosch to create that. Okay. So I've been working with Bosch personally. You know, I'm an old guy and I've been around a long time. So I've been working with them for over 25 years. And when this, that, if it wasn't for that relationship I've built with them and all the crazy stuff we've done together, you know, we did the first ever uh, turbocharged direct injected engine way back when, when I built Jay Leno's Camaro. I mean, I, I've worked with Bosch in, in so many different programs. And uh, so, you know, they, they actually had, had a technology where they, they knew they could run an engine on hydrogen not an engine like what we run you know it was hydrogen was was everybody always envisioned trying to build that 1.1 liter little engine you know that would just purr along on hydrogen and and i'm a hot rodder that's not what we do right so no sir no sir (laughs) i said we're going for the power (laughs) so yeah but in working with bosch as we identify the different challenges to make power and you know we've obviously been working on this a while and uh so to, to make power levels and everything else, it was it was obvious that we needed to be able to force more air into the engine, and a supercharger is a great way to do that. So uh, I called Magnuson. Uh, Kim Pendergast owns Magnuson. I called her and said, "Kim, this is what I'm doing." And uh, and you know, and she said, "You're crazy, Mike. You're crazy. You're crazy." Well, they probably think that, but, you know, as you said, I've been around a long time. I've done a lot of stuff. And, uh, you know, her answer was, when do you need it and what do you want? So so yeah. what kind of scoop can you give us? Because, you know, clearly you got your top secret stuff. Um, right. But for anybody who's never been around it, doesn't understand how it burns, right? We talked about air-fuel ratio, so we're going to put that one off to the side. Yeah. Um, but what size blower and maybe what kind of compression? Because I know it, it can be hard to make, you know, the same kind of power you would off gasoline and other fuels uh, just because sure. you got to shove it in there. It takes up volume. Uh, yep. So, you know, cylinder pressures, those kind of things. I mean, can you give us a, you know, allude to sort of yeah, you know, parameters so, here? Yeah. So from a positive standpoint with hydrogen, it's very resistant to detonation. So uh, you can run... Uh, you know, if, if it had an octane number, it would be really high, right? So in our case, we built a, a 6.2 liter LS. We used the LS3 block and we added oil squirters to it to cool the bottoms of the pistons. And we added, uh, you know, forged rods, forged pistons. Uh, those all came, uh, the, the pistons came from Weisco. The uh, rods and the crank came from K1. But uh, we run a shorter rod. We run a 6097 rod instead of a 6125, which is very popular in those applications. And we did that intentionally to run a larger piston because that's how you transfer a lot of the heat is through the cylinder wall. So we have a a larger piston. We move the ring lands down in the piston. Um, We are a static compression ratio at 9 to 1. We're running... We're running 15 pounds of boost on top of it, mm, and okay. zero even thought of detonation. There's so little challenge with detonation that we didn't even put knock sensors on the engine. So timing has got to be a big thing. Can you 
Can you hold through the break? When we come back, you got to tell us about timing, how the how you bring in the spark, and and then obviously um, the power and heat that's generated from it. So all things we're going to pick your brain on, Mike. Uh, give us one minute. We'll come back. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast with Kevin Bird and Willie B. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. It's presented by CarParts.com. Check out their mobile experience. You won't be disappointed. CarParts.com. So that's Two Guys Garage. Save some money while you're at it. All right, so we got Mike Copeland. He is the president, the CEO, the man behind the machine that is Arrington Performance. And they gone crazy up there in Michigan. They gone straight bananas. They're blowing up hydrogen in combustion chambers. Who would have ever thought? Um, Mike, when we last talked, you were talking about... Um, well, your nine to one compression ratio—that surprised me. Fifteen pounds of boost. Now, can you allude to how you bring in timing or what the table is on that, and you know, cylinder pressure? And you know, you said it's resistant to detonation, which makes me happy. How resistant is it to nitrous? <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to try that at some point. So, we're, we we run currently. We have a Magnuson twenty six fifty supercharger on top of this, and. Uh, you know, at 15 pounds, if it was a Hellcat, right, we could make 900 with it at, at those kinds of numbers. And, um, you know, and it, that's a 6.2 as well. So on hydrogen, we're, we're being ultra conservative. Our target is, is 500 with this one. And we're sneaking up on it. You know, it's brand new, but um, we're getting there. Now, hydrogen, Anything surprise you? Anything surprise you? Are, are you learning stuff as you go? Oh, of course. Yeah, we're learning a ton, yeah. right? But I, I have to say our analytical work that we did up front and all of the engineering that we did up front has all been spot on. I mean, it's it's just, you know, we have not had anything that was completely different than what we'd expected to see. So hydrogen contains almost three times the energy of gasoline for a given volume. Right. So you, you can't really create a gallon of hydrogen, but if you could, it would have three times the energy of gasoline. It almost burn. It also almost burns three times as fast as well. So because of that, you don't run anywhere near the kind of timing. So you're actually running basically in a retarded mode all the time. And you do that because it burns so fast. Right. So, um, it, it affords you the opportunity to do some things you can't do with a traditional internal combustion engine, right? So as an example, uh, when you start winding an internal combustion engine up, increasing RPM in it, there becomes a point where flame travel across the piston and the amount of physical time it takes to burn gasoline, you, you get to a point of diminishing return. Yeah, and then emissions go up. So that number is typically dependent on piston size and everything else. But let's just say that number is 7,000 RPM. That's why most gasoline engines that, that are OE level engines don't run more RPM than that. Okay. So okay. that becomes a challenge when you do that. Direct injection affords you an opportunity to, to increase that RPM some. But if you take that same norm burn time with gasoline, apply it to hydrogen, now we could have, with supporting components, a 20,000 RPM engine. Jeez. So, because you can burn it three times as fast. So, oh. 
that's a huge opportunity and something that we will work with as we go forward, right? I mean, obviously, it takes some different components to run, especially in a valve train to run, you know, big RPM. But yeah, man, I want to see a twenty thousand RPM LS. You got you got your challenge, <laughs> Mike. <laughs> and, well. You know, we did some work years and years ago on some engines that didn't use a can't didn't use a traditional valve. They used a rotating shaft with holes in it to move air through. And you spun that shaft and that eliminated all valve springs and rocker arms and push rods and everything else. So we could run those engines a lot higher RPM, but we couldn't burn the fuel. <laughs> so so that became an issue when you were trying to do that. Well with hydrogen it eliminates that that potential roadblock. So there's a lot of opportunity there, a lot of things that, that we will still play with and learn, right? The, the beauty to this is the only emissions you create uh, as a rule are if you have blow-by in the engine. So if you suck oil into the cylinder and physically burn that oil, that will create a minimal amount of emissions. So aside from that, we really don't have it, right? I mean, it's so weird to have this thing running, and it sounds just like a traditional V8. I mean, it's it's there's virtually no difference in the way it sounds from from a gasoline burning engine. But you can stand right where the tailpipes come out, and there is no smell at all. That's crazy. It is making all that noise and racket and just like drive me, man, drive me, and it's. No emissions. Exactly. That's crazy. Yeah, it's 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 uh it's really, really uh amazing what you can do. No with hydrocarbons, it. And, uh, no carbon monoxide, basically nothing but nope. wow. Wow. Just water and a little bit of N2O. So as we go forward. You have any targets as far as you know you are down to essentially zero emissions. Are you do you have any targets to, you know, be able to market and sell to whatever later model vehicles or anything within the, you know, the aftermarket scene, um, you know, any kind of strategy there for, for being able to sell it across, you know, different, you know, applications and whatnot. Absolutely. There is. And, uh, so, you know, the fact that it, that it basically creates no emission, there's no after treatment required either. So there's no catalytic converters. There's no DPFs. There's none of that's required. Right, so you can eliminate all of that. There's no tank evap because it's a sealed pressure tank. So there's no permeable gasoline. There's no gas to evaporate out of it. You don't have to vent the tank. It's completely sealed. I mean, it answers all of those emission type issues, right? So um, I had the opportunity when I was at SEMA, nine members of CARB came to meet with me, right? Have you ever heard of CARB going to meet with anyone? No. Not in a good way. (laughs) (laughs) Not with a bunch of tickets and fines. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Right. But FEMA arranged that for me, right? And uh, and so they they worked with CARB and and they came to meet with me. I went through all of the all of the systems and all the processes and how it functions and everything else. They're extremely excited about it. Um, they've invited me to to come and, and, you know, applied for my certificate and, uh, and all that. So we're working on a timeline to do that. Uh, uh, my goal is sooner than later to get that approved. And, uh, 
and get it legal through CARB that we get the, an emission, you know, certification on it. So what do you see as the big hurdles? What are the, what are the, what's the next big steps for you? Well, the number, well, first is going to production parts, right? So everything we're running on right now is experimental. So the next step of that is production, you know, direction and level for injectors and injector sizing. You know, we have to run 16 of them and we still don't have quite enough hydrogen to, to go after the big power. But when we, you know, get a larger injector, then we'll be able to do more of that. And uh, that's the goal. I have meetings scheduled to to talk about, you know, how we do that. I mean, the response has been unbelievable. I mean, uh, you know, you saw it at SEMO, Willie, and I mean, we were, yeah. we had people lined up, media lined up. I mean, I, I spent four days at SEMA doing TV show, the podcast, Talking. Uh, you know, just everything, right? Yeah. Nonstop. So our goal is to create a retrofit package. My approach to, to CARB and, and our direction there is basically anything right now that ran a port fuel injected or could be adapted to port fuel injection, any internal combustion engine, that our package will work on that. And that's that's the goal, to develop kits. You know, it's not going to happen overnight. Uh, you know, this is really expensive to do. <laughs> you know, so, but I mean, you know, Kevin, you work, you know, you worked in the OE world, right? So you know what it takes to get through all of that stuff, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, and, uh, big dollars, big yeah. big budgets, big teams, you know. Yeah, yeah, and uh, big challenges. Yeah, fortunately, we don't have all the same challenges that the OE does, but we still have a lot of challenges and a lot of testing and all that kind of stuff. I mean, we're we're getting ready to to build a second vehicle because uh, the truck that we debuted in is a showpiece, and you know you can't lay over the fenders of a tricoat pearl and uh, and and work on an engine all the time and not beat it up. And, and we're not going to do that. So we're getting ready to build a second vehicle and then we'll start testing that. We're, uh, we're going to uh, do cold weather development. We're going to do hot weather development because it, we store it as a gas and we use it as a gas. We don't have the kinds of issues that gasoline has when you change temperatures from one extreme to the other. Because we're using a, a gas that's fairly consistent. Hydrogen is the lightest element known to man. So because we use it, that affords us the ability to not have to have, you know, those kinds of, of challenges based on cold or heat. So how long can you run on a on, on a tank of it? Because there's it burns so fast, I imagine for the time being, um, it, it, it's it's difficult to get a longer run out of a tank of it, right? Yeah, well, and we don't have to inject huge amounts of it either, so that's an advantage because it does have three times the energy. True. Uh, true. Our two point five two point five four kilogram fuel tank is, if you do a conversion, is equal to about a fourteen gallon fuel tank, right? And and right now we, we're not. Our estimates show that we have over three hours of runtime on that tank of fuel. That's impressive, man. That's uh, it's all cool to see where you're going and where where the industry is going. There's so much interest and in, and in movement in that direction. So, I I hope you keep it up, man. It's always kind of exciting talking to you because you, you, 
Bro, you come to the table with some weird stuff, man. It's like the rampage <laughs> one year, and next year you're burning hydrogen. Like, what is Mike Copeland doing? Yeah, everybody asked me how I was going to top the rampage. So, yeah, man. If anybody wants to see the truck, we're going to have it at PRI next month, and it's going to be in the Eaton Automotive booth. It has an Eaton True Track in the rear, and Eaton makes the rotors for Magnuson for their superchargers. So, uh, Eaton had contacted me and asked if if uh, I would be willing to bring it to PRI. So, so, but I still play in the other world too, right? We're going to have that the. Uh, the truck in Eaton's booth, and then I'm going to have a Gen 3 uh, 426 cubic inch Hemi with uh, twin Torque Storm superchargers in the Redline oil booth. That's so. what I'm talking about, buddy. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> a little throttle therapy from Arrington Performance. All right, Mike, it's always a pleasure chatting with you, man. Guys, don't forget about our TV show. It airs weekends on the Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. It's also available on Motor Trend On Demand. That's a great way to find a streaming, great resource to find our show and all the above. Uh, thanks to our guest, Mike Copeland, Arrington Performance. Hey, Mike, where do people find more about you, social media? Where's all your handles? Well, I go by just Mike Copeland on Facebook and on Instagram. It's the Mike Copeland on Instagram. On um you know, you can go to either shophemi.com or diversifiedcreations.com. Those are my two companies. And then very shortly, we're going to launch errington-hydrogen.com. So you'll you be go, able to man. keep up with everything we're doing. Shophemi.com. I always have heard it refer to you as the Mike Copeland. Um, he is Kevin Bird, our producer, Scoop, executive producer, Bob Ecker. I am Willie B, and this is the Two Guys Garage podcast. Yeah, don't forget to check out our website, too, twoguysgarage.com. Share your thoughts with us. We're everywhere. Social on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Two Guys Garage. Now, Two Guys Garage podcast is a copyright 2021 Britain Productions Incorporated. All rights reserved. Dude, that's all exciting stuff. I'm like, oh, Mike, I can't wait to see how that develops, man. How fast before you hit 500? Before we get done, how fast? How long do you think it would take you to hit that magic number? It's just, it's injector size. So how fast we can make a set of injectors, a set of bigger injectors. There's no there issue go, making the power, right? I mean, we can do that with a blower. Um, once we go to direct injected, when we make that conversion, then there's no loss of power. There's nothing you have to compensate for compared to, uh, you know, any other gasoline burning engine. So we expect a 25 to 30% power increase just switching to direct injection. Work on that man. bigger fire hose, Mike. Dude. Shove it in there, man. Make the power. We want to see I it. I swear, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, are we still wait. on the air or are we off? No, we're on, man. It's always fun at Arrington, y'all. Arrington, it's the funnest place ever to work at and uh, follow. Make sure you do so. That's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. We'll call it done. <laughs> I'll see you guys next time. Take care. Two Guys Garage Podcast is a production of Britain Productions. For more episodes, visit iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.